0: Finally got an interview for the dream job, um, and after working with him, I got it, and it was simple and it was
1: easy. Yeah, uh, I've I've really enjoyed the journey. Um.
0: Oh, has it helped? Yes, it absolutely has. Um, it's definitely helped in knowing the market a lot better and knowing how to present, like how to put myself out there, like. I would never, ever have touched my LinkedIn ever. I, I didn't see LinkedIn as a valuable resource at all. So, yes. in saying that, it already has proven to be. That's really what valuable.
1: I say. I think you guys are, you guys are great and change change people's lives and it makes a lot of difference. You, um, deliver at a, at a very high level. Um,
0: It was really enjoyable. You learn a lot. Um, it was really easy going step by step. Monday, you can do sessions before when they
1: do So that was, uh, I think session five, the, the interview session, uh, if
0: you ask me, was my favorite out of all the other six sessions.
1: Uh, so it's not only helped me in my personal um, branding, but it's helped me now on my on the business side, um, where I feel very, very capable to, to go and, to, you know. super legends superheroes and mega stars welcome to another episode of hot hire six and seven figure coaches on fire i am so excited so for today's guest we have super super sally she is absolutely sensational i'm gonna bring her out in a minute but before i do i just want to plug a couple of things so my authority branding workshop will kick off in one week's time on monday also i've written two books about authority branding one is for beginners and the other one is for coaches so one i'm going to be releasing in the next week or two and the other one for coaches i'm going to be releasing next month and let's have some fun today so grab yourselves a cup of tea grab yourself some bickies and let's get super sensational sally lean out here (laughs) Hey superstar, how are you?
0: Cheers, I've got oh. my cup of tea ready.
1: <laughs> you got the cuppa?
0: Excellent, got the cuppa. excellent. All right, so how
1: are you today? How's your morning been?
0: Hey Dre, yeah, good, good thanks. It's actually quite a warm winter's morning down here in uh, regional New South Wales, so I'm pleased that it wasn't so frosty as it could have been. <clears throat> All right,
1: I love that. So guys, if anyone is watching the replay, type in hashtag replay, and if you're watching live, Um, You're more than welcome to say hello and ask Sally and I some questions. So Sally, please can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
0: Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to join you, um, the amazing Dre. (laughs) Um, And it was fantastic working with you on your uh, authority branding workshop a couple of weeks ago. I still have some things to implement, but I've got, you know, some homework to do still. Um, It's on my, you know, hire my agenda to get that done and get my branding sorted out a little, you know, a little bit more clearly and, you know, get the word out there into the, the, uh, you know, Zoomiverse and the internet world and all of that. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Thanks. And I'm excited to excited to learn more from you, actually. Um, you know, as we work more together in the future. So, thank you for that opportunity. Um, yeah, so tell you a little bit about myself. Well, goodness gracious, um, I you know I, I I refer to myself sometimes as a reformed teacher and educator. <laughs> But I, I think it actually should be transformed, um, <clears throat> teacher and educator. So I, ha- I, I grew up in a small town in country Victoria here in Australia. And when I was in middle school, my parents moved to um, Melbourne uh, for, for my father's work, and uh, I, they ended up enrolling me into a, a really good, um, you know, private girls' school in Melbourne for my middle school, and um, one of the reasons they chose the school above some others that were just, you know, nearby, um, some other girls' schools um, was that they they taught, the school taught Chinese and it was compulsory to learn Chinese. And, you know, that my dad just, I asked my dad not long ago, just a few years ago, like, what why? What, what on earth possessed you way back then? Um, if I say when exactly, I'll give away too much, so we won't talk about the actual dates. But um, way back then, you know, years and years ago, um, 30, you know, around 30 years ago, how, you know, how did it possess you, you know, to want me to study Chinese and he's just said I just mm-hmm. thought it would be really useful for your future maybe you know given the the size of the population in China and it, that it might be something a good skill to have um That's so cool. yeah and little did he know then or nor did I know when I was still just a student in middle school that um it would end up something being something that really captured my interest and we moved again when I was uh, going into high school uh, senior high school so um we came to um a, a place called Wagga Wagga in New South Wales um, mm-hmm. and moved there. And my, you know, the folks have been there ever since. So it's, uh, it, you know, we joke around and say it's the town so nice they named it twice, but it's an Aboriginal. <laughs> from the Ruradjuri tribe, which is our area region. So, yeah, Wagga Wagga. Um, And then, uh, you know, I couldn't continue learning Chinese in high school, but I really missed it. And, I you know, I sort of was tossing up between doing something like vet science or, you know, because I love animals. And so, you know, I ended up with a a part-time job as a a veterinary nurse, which I've got to say beats being a checkout chick or, you know, those kind of part-time jobs that you have when you're a teenager um but it, you know so and I loved that work but I I really missed languages and I figured if I followed on with languages I could probably do a bit more traveling of the world and see some of the world and that sort of thing so who knew I ended up doing a you know a whole degree in uh, in China it was called a Bachelor of Chinese Studies with the Australian National University <laughs> and uh yeah went to China for a year as part of my degree to study in the, back in the early 90s when it was just opening up and it was just such an amazing experience to be there and, and be in areas where they'd never seen you know sort of westerners before and you know it was like being a movie star you know in some of the places that we visited you know in rather intrepid travels that year you know and 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 people asking you know things like, are your eyes real or are you wearing contact lenses or you know is your hair color real or is it oh, wow just they just had never seen. You know, and then, you know, one of my friends went to a village of a friend um, that I was studying with and um, went to visit the village and, you know, they had to get it all cleared by the local police and all this sort of thing, you know, and um, went to stay with him. And her grandmother ran away, well, sort of toddled away in her walking stick when she first saw me. And I thought, oh, no, she's scared. And she came back with a packet of tea and said, this is for you because you look like the people in the television. So you know, it was like literally people were associating me with the you know all these famous people on television. It was really, it was really sweet. Um, and it's just such a privilege to have been there at at such an early stage. You know, when when you know foreigners were still a, a kind of a new thing, and and. Um, still very welcome and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, and I ended up, who knew that I would end up, um, y- you know, I started my career as a as a teacher um, in a, a local high school in New South Wales um, and I did, I did a few years of that and then I, I sort of needed a fresh start. I was like, all right, I need a fresh start and I'd heard about this thing called international schools. So I thought, right, let's find out about that. So I applied and I got a job in Guangzhou in China actually. So I moved, you know, all the way across the other side of the world um, you know, with my parents going, bye, good luck, honey. <laughs> um, but very yeah. supportive. They've always been super supportive, you know, and you can imagine them, you know, worrying about me going off to the wilds of China. But, um you know, especially when I was still at university. Um, <clears throat> but years later, with a job in an international school, and then I sort of ended up building myself quite a career over the next sort of decade. Um, and became uh, quite the authority on Chinese language teaching and learning, um, you know, especially as a second language learner myself. Um, So I ended up being invited to do a lot of um, teacher training for international schools and trying to, you know, upskill Chinese teachers from the sort of, you know, sort of, Chinese style, very traditional style and approach to teaching and learning, and um, you know, into a more Western approach um, to pedagogy and 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 the understandings that underpin the Western approach to pedagogy. So it was sort of this whole thing, and and you know, uh, I just you know, I still I still hear people talking about, oh yeah, that foreigner <laughs> who teaches Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it's it an absolute privilege to have been there. I've got absolutely wonderful Chinese friends, um, and I and I managed it. Sort of include a couple of other fun things as well as not just teaching. Um, End up working with a worldwide training company for a while, and you know, as the only sort of westerner in the China office, and um, you know, assisting in 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 programs and setting up you know big big programs and and um, that sort of thing and, and trainings for people. So that was really awesome, um, a, a really great experience. And from my work with that company, the personal breakthroughs that I had, as well as you know the working with the company, I really got that. Um, it, it's not about having perfect language you know my you know I, I had lived in this whole story of my Chinese isn't good enough for a really long time and it was a mm-hmm. real Limit, like a, you know, that real limiting belief that my Chinese isn't good enough. And, you know, it was, it was fine in the classroom when I was teaching the kids, but not, in, and by the way, I was teaching foreign kids, not Chinese kids how to speak Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, international school. It's all international kids from all around the world, you know, whose parents are working there, that sort of thing. So teaching the, you know, the international kids. And my, you know, I see, I still see my role if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm ever working with learners of Chinese is to develop that interest and understanding and give them the foundation. Skills, and you know, and later on they'll work with native speakers to get to those really high, much higher levels. Um, but you know, I've, I've in the well, not so long ago, recently assessed uh, through the American system of um, um, proficiency. So um, OPI, it's called Oral Proficiency Interview. Um, so that's the the American government um, standard that they use for people who are applying for government jobs and things like that. So I was rated as advanced high, which is sort of very almost native speaking level, but it's also means that you're oh. highly educated as well. You need to be um, you know, at least university level educated in order to become um a really high level speaker um because mm-hmm. you need to, you know to be able to think and, and speak and and yeah. communicate at high levels as really. well so yeah so it's really cool it's been such an amazing journey the other really cool thing that i was privileged to do was to work with uh channel 7 australia during the beijing olympics i was uh, yeah, yeah. i mean in- how cool was- is that I know, it was just amazing. So I was assigned to work with a guy that some people might remember from TV, um, Tom Williams, um, and, you know, and a producer and a cameraman, and and we sort of so and I was also f- sort of fixing stories, so setting up stories for, you know, for us to go and film and, you know, um, do sorts of things around around China. So we're sort of doing a cultural element rather than focusing on the sports themselves. So I did oh, get to go to a few of the sports, but, um, yeah, so in an interview, a, a whole bunch of athletes, obviously, that were coming and going from the... The, from the studio, so but it was just incredible to see the amount of work and the and that massive level of professionalism, um, you know that that Channel Seven brought to you know bringing that all to live to TV here in Australia it was just incredible, um, and what a privilege to be right there in amongst all of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you That's know the bad. opening ceremony. I was on a live cross station outside the Bird's Nest in Beijing. You know, with um, watching all the athletes file in and you know all the all the players for the um, opening ceremony and everything else. So it was really just incredible uh, experience to be there and and you know and work with and you know, all these Australian TV personalities. Although I have to admit I didn't know who Tom was when I was first assigned to the team because <laughs> you know I'd been living in China for eight years and and he wasn't famous oh. in China. <laughs> Yeah. But I was. I'd been on Chinese television. You know. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it was a, a meeting of, of, of the lions, you know, what can I say? <laughs> um, maybe not, but my viewership was bigger than his. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. just so much fun, though. Uh, I just had some incredible experiences, you know, and I got to travel all around yeah. China in the outlying areas. You know, I've been to base camp. You know, in Tibet and on the, you know, on, in the Tibetan side, you know, it's, it's just incredible, amazing experiences. I've got some amazing friends, international friends now all over the world, um, you know, that I that I met in China. And then I worked six years in Singapore um, and and a year in Thailand before I came back, you know, during COVID. So just like phenomenal um, experiences professionally and personally um, as well, yeah. travelling the world, you know, sort of during during breaks and things like that and having people to go visit, you know, in different areas, which is even better in some ways than just doing a tour or something like that. Um, really knowing people who can show you around and tell you about local life, wherever you happen to be, Germany, somewhere in the US, you know, Canada, um, having friends to show me around. So it's it's just been so cool. um, Incredible, incredible, yeah, amazing life experience. Um, and, you know, professionally wise, I um, was really privileged also to work for six years at the Singapore American School, which is one of the biggest and best international schools in the world. So I had a team of almost 70 language educators, just for languages. Uh, the school has 4,000. 000- you say
1: 70 as in 7 70, zero.
0: 70 yes. Just for languages. Just for That's languages. That's huge. Huge, huge program, right? And uh, just after I I was appointed as the Director of World Languages there, so there's over 3,500 kids learning Chinese, you know, out of 4,000, uh, sorry, learning languages, and, you know, about 20, over 2,700 kids learning Chinese, you know, in that school. So it's a huge, huge program. Um, and I was also, shortly after I was appointed, I was tasked with setting up a, a Chinese immersion program in the elementary school. So. Um, you know it's it's a huge program if you add up the from kindergarten to grade five if you add up the you know the school fees alone it's a 25 million dollar program so you know it's just <laughs> it's massive undertaking um, you know and and having um, it, kind of a unique approach we started with full immersion and then moved the scale over the over the elementary school years and so the kids are going into grade five in August this year so that once you started so they're just coming through to finish the program now um, but they um, uh, they' so they're just finishing, but they' they've got they've moved to being bilingual. So it starts as a full immersion program and move this sort of scale of the learning and the balance of you know language between English and Chinese. Into being bilingual, so just fascinating to see their development over the years and and the success of the program. Um, it, you know, and and initially when we did when we were just starting, you know, it was really parents just had, were, were trusting me. You know, as a sort of a westerner with that in you know view into the into the asian you know and chinese learning world so um it was really uh, such a privilege i mean i had you know we had some high level people in the school as well so the guy who was then the um, general manager for google in asia (laughs) one of his kids in the program and they end up moving back to the u.s but um yeah you know i had him in sitting in my office interviewing you know to see if they they we're going to be joining the program or not so just some wow. just amazing support um we had one family who moved the two both parents are alum of the school alumni so they heard that we were setting up this program they moved their family and and you know dad may you know started working remotely in his business so that the kids could come and be in that program like that's the sort of demand that we were having for this oh.
1: Incredible, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. So yeah. um and you know, of course, it takes it takes a village to raise a baby. Well, it takes a village of, you know, really amazing educators to raise a whole program as well. So it wasn't just me, but it, you know, I, I think what I brought to it was that understanding of the challenges of learning Chinese as a second language, you know, which would have been a different focus if it had been a you know, a native speaker who set up that program. So, yeah, you know, that was, and we really did a lot of research. I did three R and D trips to the U.S. to visit schools there, and you know, just incredible work that went went into it. So that was just such a privilege to be working in a huge, you know, like on a on a big scale. <laughs> um, and and you know, um, the trouble is, once you once you've had an amazing experience like that, it's hard to replicate. So I felt like I was sort of at the top. Of the game, right? top of my game, what yeah. am I going to do next? Um and that's sort of how that's part of the story of how I've gotten into coaching. Um because during COVID I was really worried about my dad, you know, being at home here, you know, you know, in Oz by himself, you know, <laughs> during lockdowns and all that sort of thing. And then um you know just getting older as you do. And um I, I had promised my mum when she passed that I'd take good care of him. So I was like, oh geez, I really need to think about, you know, not just this international career but what you know what else what else is there for me in life and you know I felt like I'd reached the the pinnacle of you know this sort of languages you know in in yeah. teaching and learning in schools then what so um I, I decided that I would transition out of school education and you know come home give, I gave myself six months off and I and I got myself a coach. It was a friend of mine who'd gotten into coaching. Got myself a coach, and I thought, really, um, you know, what can what support do I need for myself so that I'm not just sitting around enjoying six months off doing nothing, you know, and still being productive, working through releasing some limiting beliefs and you know, sort of some baggage from from past experiences, you know, doing all of that, and then being ready to sort of get going at the start of this year. So, um, <laughs> and it wasn't immediate to me actually that I that I wanted to be a coach but um, I was sort of looking at different things and my coach made the amazing Mel um, Melinda Warnieke she Mel. so, yeah, yeah really um, she was asking me you know are you thinking big enough and I was like at first I was like you know what I'm not really thinking big enough I know it I just sort of need to ease back in and figure my way because I had to sort of learn how to Aussie again you know, <laughs> how, to, <laughs> you know how, to, how do things work here in Australia and I have to say the teaching of languages in Australia well I'm, and I'm talking obviously mainly about New South Wales but I'm also very familiar with the other states is disappointing it's really we're, we're low-balling it here in terms of languages education so I was like you know what I don't have another 10 years to try to invest in making a difference you know it's kind of like yeah. what can I do that's still going to be really fulfilling for me making a difference for people using all of my you know amazing different life experiences and um, you know, experience in in training and education, and and it just sort of, you know, I did and I did NLP with the amazing Tony K, as you know, we both work with Tony K, yeah, and then it just you know, incredible human being that he is, and I thought, oh, this is actually, and I've been hearing about NLP for about twenty years, and I was like, I really want to learn about that one day, and then you know, um, Melinda was saying, well, you know, um, they're going to be running the NLP, because I was like, oh, sign me up, sign me up, so. <laughs> So I did and just was just phenomenal. So I really got a lot out of that. Next thing, of course, you know, there's always some some other opportunity. So I thought, right, amazing. Yeah. I'm going to sign up for the master's program. Let me do that because this was so, so fantastic. And, um, you know, there was a sort of a community available as well. So I was like, yep, sign me up for all of that. And when I did the master's, I, I was suddenly like super sure. Like, yes, this is super not sure. only super sure, like, yep, like laser focus. This is not only what I want to be doing, um, you know, with with myself and my life, but this is also an amazing community to belong to. Amazing. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, just phenomenal. I, I, and I think that's, um, yeah, if, if you know, you, uh, that's where I met you. So <laughs> we just get to make, meet all these incredible people who are really, you know, interested in making a difference for for you know, for other human beings and in just, you know, however small or large that difference is, it's still making a positive difference to the, to the world. Yeah.
1: I love that. Oh, Sally, do you know what I was, yeah, I was thinking? I'm just so glad that you are part of the community and that you've come into, I'm going to say, my world as well. So, like, whenever we, like, catch up, you've just got, like, your energy, your vibe and just it's just joy and happiness. And I love hearing I um, know I've I've heard it a couple of times, but about your experiences and yeah, just how you've you've helped people and you've you've got to the top of your game, and it's like oh okay, what's what's that next thing as well? Yeah. So all right.
0: It was, yeah, and I, the need was also to to become to be home and be able to be living with my dad, not far right. away, you know, in case he needs help, and you know, as it happens, so a couple of things have happened, and I've been able to be right here. You know and support him and that's yeah. just such a gift as well for for ourselves you know for myself and dad you know family-wise so yeah it, it just yeah so it was a sort of two-pronged thing it was a need for something new professionally but also a family need that's being met so it's just a, yeah. an amazing yeah a gift you know to be able to be involved in this yeah
1: gift. i love the way that you put that All right. So what do you do now? So who do you help now? And with the, like the people that you help, what are some of those common, you know, frustrations, challenges, like pain points that you come across?
0: Yeah, look, um, you know, I, I know for myself, my own experience has been moving not just from job to job, but from country to country looking for, you know, we're trying to get away from, sort of, I guess, toxic workplaces or, you know, looking for looking for fulfilment, you know. So it's kind of expensive when you move from country to country, not just job to job, um, you know, looking yeah. for something, looking for the next thing, the next thing. Oh, this isn't it. Now what am I going to do? I'll get another job, you know. And, and I don't mean like every five minutes. But it's sort of how, you know, how could I, um, you know, look look for fulfillment? So I think there's a lot of people like that out there in the world who just aren't fulfilled and they're also not, you know, people who have a day job and then they think they're going to do their dreams on the weekend or, you know, things like that. And then life happens and, you know, kids and you've got to pay a mortgage and, and the pressures come and, you know, your dreams fall by the wayside. And I've been really fortunate to have achieved pretty much every dream along the way that I've had. So far in life, I'm in the process of creating some new ones, you know, like the next level, the next steps. Um, but, you know, I've, I've achieved a lot of the things that I set myself professionally along the way. And then, you know, so, so then what, you know, so there's a lot of people who just don't, who who have given up on trying, right? Um, yeah. So, so the, yeah, just looking for that fulfillment. So now, it may come by just adjusting perspective from you know within what you're doing but it also might require you know a move to a different workplace or even a whole new career you know and that that takes I mean I know from my own experience it takes a lot of guts to say all right you know this this doesn't fit me anymore now what you know um, and especially when you get to a certain age and you've got all these things you've got to worry about in life you know paying the bills paying the mortgage you know what am I going to do so but it can be done Right. And that's you know, why I've loved having a coach to sort of, you know, if I've had any like oh angsty moments, you know, you know she'll talk me through and go, all right. Now what about this? This is this. Okay, yeah, cool. We're back on track. Right. So yeah, definitely I think um I'm so I'm interested in supporting professionals who are feeling unfulfilled, frustrated, you know, and really looking for what's next for themselves, but maybe not quite daring to do so. Maybe maybe need to build a bit of confidence, you know, have a plan, backward design a plan for themselves. This is what I want. You know, let's stand out there and backward design the steps to get you there. You know, like all of that. Yeah. So just just um that's the sort of people that I've been working with. And you know, really good feedback so far. I've got um a friend who is um in Europe. She's actually going to move countries now. She's like, okay, I need to do this. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm ready to branch out um again. Um, um, so yeah, it's it, yeah, just really cool stuff. Another friend who's c- completely changed her career, um, you know, after working through the coaching. So yes, it's been it's been brilliant so far. You know, um, I'm I'm, exci- I'm I'm enjoying the ride as well as the outcomes for the clients that I've worked with.
1: I love that. All right. So say so if anyone's watching and they're thinking, oh, I love Sally. I'd love to to work with her. What's the the best way for people to get hold of you?
0: Um yeah, so they can email me, Sally at leanintosucceed.com. Um, or look out for me on Facebook and LinkedIn, just so you know to to search up my name, Sally Lean. So yeah. Um awesome. Thanks for asking. (laughs)
1: All right. All right, Sally, a final question. So you know that I love dad jokes. I'm absolutely obsessed. So do you have a dad joke something or something like empowering, something inspirational, something motivational, something that you'd like to leave the audience with uh
0: yes for sure i mean there's a great quote now i think it's a bit misquoted but you know i've got on the wall over here so i'm just going to look over here the best way to predict the future is to create it um i love that um you know no sitting around being passive um somebody once said to me you got to quit um quit hoping for a miracle quit sitting around in life hoping for a miracle and go out there and make your own miracles so, you know, that, that's something that I really live by. Um, and I think that's just an, uh, an awesome, you know, approach to life. So, um, yeah, just quit holding a candle and just hoping for a miracle and actually go out there and make it happen for yourself. And I know yeah. you love that joke, so, of course, I've got one for you, Dre. Oh, um, so- good old- You've
1: just made my day. Oh.
0: <laughs> the good old, a man walked into a bar uh-huh. and got disqualified from the limbo contest.
1: do you know what i've never heard that one i never i've never heard that yeah so thank you um sally i just want to say a massive huge thank you to you you're an absolute superstar oh sorry i've got the um so the music's up really loud and i couldn't hear myself (laughs) so i just want to say a massive huge gigantic thank you to you for coming on and
0: so I just welcome. absolutely love
1: the person that you are and like the value that you bring. And I'm just so excited for, you know, for what's to come. So, and also I'm sending you lots of love and wishes to your dad. Cause I know that he's unwell.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Really appreciate it, Dre. What an awesome opportunity. And I'll, I'll see you in clubhouse as well when we get that our panel all set up.
1: <clears throat> okay. Awesome. Thank you, Sally.